0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. I hope you've been having a great holiday season, by the way. I hope you've not been partying too hard. Today, we're jumping into a little bit of our slash let's not meet. So we're going to get some get some of our creep on in this episode. This is episode 182. Grab your tea, your popcorn, and let's go with our first story from Color Revolt. And the story is titled The Laughing Bicyclist. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Quick little bit of backstory. I'm 21, male, and I just moved into my house, so I'm still not 100% familiar with my own neighborhood yet. The way the neighborhood was built makes it a rectangular shape, lying down on its long side, with my house being at the top right-hand corner of it. Sorry if that's confusing. I can clarify later if needed. So the other night, around 2:30 a.m. I was at my house alone when I decided to take a break from playing guitar and have a smoke before bed. So I grabbed a smoke and started out my front door. About three minutes or so into my SIG, I noticed this faint noise of what sounds like an old creaky metal object that needs to get oiled. But the sound has a cadence which makes it repeat every two or three seconds. After this happens, for about 10 seconds, I notice that I can hear tyres gripping the road as well. Then, out of nowhere, I see a man who looks to be in his mid 40s riding this horribly beaten down bike that emitted a very intense, ear piercing, high pitched squeak every time he pedalled. As I stood in my driveway and he passed me, he kept moving forward, but his head slowly rotated left and locked eyes with me. I'm not kidding when i say this guy looked identical to hannibal lecter from the movies but that's not what made my heart drop as i'm locking eyes with him and he is moving past my driveway he suddenly gives me the scariest most widest scariest jagged tooth smile i have ever seen in my life and continues to lock eyes with me and this was not an ordinary smile. I'm talking when the Grinch stole Christmas ear to ear smile. Within 15 more seconds, he continues pedaling and is out of sight. I can now just faintly hear his bicycle gears squeaking. At this point, I'm wondering whether or not he is going around my rectangular block of the neighborhood and whether or not I can chief this sig fast enough to get inside before he comes back round again. As I'm doing this, I uh, begin to hear the metal creak noise, but I also hear something different. I hear this dude laughing like a fucking maniac, which made me nope the fuck out of there. As I'm stumbling for my door handle because of the adrenaline rush, he begins to round the turn where my door is almost in view. At the exact moment where I would have become visible, I got my door open, I ran in and slammed it shut. No sooner does my door close, do I hear a man from outside scream as loud as can be, WHERE'D YOU GO? (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I went into full out battle mode, ran around my house and turned all the lights off. Battle crawled to my bedroom and waited. As I lay in my bed for the next 30 minutes, I would hear the squeaking of the bike for about 30 seconds every three to four minutes. About 30 to 45 minutes later, it finally stopped and the man was gone. I've actually quit smoking since then and haven't been outside that late. But every now and then, around 2.30 a.m., I can still hear the squeaking of the bicycle from the outside of my room window. Imagine, if you will, an old man on a bicycle, so creepy, you quit smoking rather than going outside. Our next story is from Young Clegg. The Birthday Whistler It was New Year's Eve, my birthday. And myself and two of my friends were out the front of my house listening to music on my iPod. We were about 12 at the time, and there was no one else around. It was probably about 10, 10:30 at night, and we were waiting for the illegal fireworks to light up down the street. Happened every year at this time. It probably sounds a little weird. 12-year-old kids by themselves at 10:30 pm listening to Katy Perry in the middle of the street. But it wasn't too unusual. See, my neighborhood's very close. We know all of our neighbors really well, so our parents, who were in the house, and ourselves weren't at all concerned. We were listening to Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. Yes, it was that time of the decade, and we were jamming along to it when we began to hear a whistle. Now, first off, it sounded like it was part of the song, so initially everyone ignored it, but that was until it started to distort and go out of rhythm to the music playing. It didn't seem to be in tune with the song, and it was eerily out of pitch. I don't know why, maybe to hear it better, but my friend decided to pause the music. Maybe it was just the song. Maybe it was his phone glitching. As soon as the music stopped, the whistling continued, pitchy and slow. We were a little bit spooked. It was dark outside, other than a few streetlights on the road. We couldn't really see much or make out of the darkness other than the strange whistling. We were able to pinpoint the direction it was coming from soon enough. We turned towards it and froze. About 10 metres from where we stood, just on the edge of the street lamp's light, was a man. He looked quite dishevelled, most likely homeless, and he was just standing there looking at us, whistling that godforsaken pitchy whistle. We were all frozen for a while as I guess we were caught off guard until my fight or flight kicked in. I yelled at my friend to get inside and they began to scream and run up the driveway. I pushed and shoved them forward terrified because I don't know whether they could hear what I was hearing. But the whistling had finally stopped. But something else was drowning out the silent. Heavy set footsteps. He was chasing after us. I screamed bloody murder at them, opening the door and shoving them inside, not caring if I hurt them. I turned and slammed the deadbolt just as he reached the screen door. I watched as his figure came into view. He was dirty, wearing soiled long-sleeved clothes, had an unkempt beard, and wore a torn beanie. As I closed the door, he stopped just ahead of the screen looked me dead in the eye and murmured something that still makes my skin cruel. Damn it. One of my friends consoled the other, who was now in tears, as I watched him through the peephole. He lingered for a second more and disappeared into the blackness. I remember my friends grabbing me, asking if I was okay, and then pointing down to my hands. I was shaking like a leaf. We never told our parents. This was over ten years ago and it still gives me the heebie-jeebies to think what would have happened if I hadn't noticed the outer place whistling. Dishevelled old whistler? Let's not meet. I'm not sure what's scarier, weird old men whistling and chasing children, or a Katy Perry song emanating from an unseen source down a dark street. A next story posted by Ginsu Wife, in the middle of the woods. My friends and I decided to go camping one spring break. We'd planned a week in advance and as the day got closer, the weather got worse. It was cold and grey, unheard of for Arkansas. The night finally came along with yet another cold front. It was the 30s, but we had dressed warm and stocked up on whiskey and beer. The plan was to hit a spot my buddy knew, which was barely accessible with his 4x4. We wanted to really camp. None of those designated sites for families and seniors in RVs. So we aimed away from civilization, which was only made up by a single stoplight and a couple hundred people and drove into the woods. After 30 minutes of bone rattling dips across dry creek beds and detours around trees, it started to rain. By the time we found camp, it had turned into hail. The spot was marked by an ancient dirt road a few hundred feet long and the rotting carcass of a VW Bug. That night was spent passing a bottle around, hoping we'd figure out the tent before we were too drunk. Eventually we did and managed to start a fire with Diesel. At this point the hail had stopped, the empty whiskey bottle lay broken in the fire and we had a decent pile of empties growing. We drank, we played cards, we passed out in our tents. The next morning, I gradually regained consciousness to the sound of something large being dragged past my tent. It was what looked to have once been a station wagon, stripped and rust-covered, dragging the VW with a chain. The VW had been there for so long that the floor had rotted out and the roots had tied it to the forest floor. They lay scattered in the wake of the wagon. A woman was driving. A man beside her and three shirtless kids sat in the back where there used to be seats. The man stared out of the window away from us the entire time. The children had dirt smeared on their faces which illuminated their glassy thousand-yard stairs. It's the look of crushing poverty and you've probably only seen it in pictures. It exists in war-torn countries, the projects in inner cities, and the deep south. So deep that the old gas station back in town? A place you'd probably jokingly hum the deliverance theme. That was the city to these people. She spoke in a deep nicotine and whiskey-soaked drawl. Y'all come out from the city to do some camping? Well, I reckon that's fine, long as y'all ain't doing no drugs. Y'all ain't doing no drugs, are ya? We weren't. Just drinking, then. Hell, I like a drink now and again my darn self. That's fine. That's just fine. Wanna know how I knowed y'all was here? See them black helicopters flying around? Them some boys at work for me, see? they smile land. and they told me, can't be too careful. Figured I'd best check it out. She started laughing. Mucus bubbled up to wet her dry cackle. The man stared out at nothing. One of the children put both hands on the window and gazed through us. His mouth hung open and the spit cut a line through the filth on the glass. He was probably ten years old. Y'all know Bethany? We didn't. (laughs) Ha! Everyone knows old Beth. Y'all go to church? I lied. Good. Ain't got time for them that don't fear God. Why don't you come on to church tomorrow? You can meet Bethany. It's just over that hill up there. You can't miss it. Boy, she'd sure like to meet y'all. They all would. We assured her we would. She drove away into the trees, slowly dragging the VW. As soon as she left, we all looked at each other and started laughing. It was just nerves. There wasn't anything funny about it. We all have the remnants of a primitive warning system for danger. It's been eroded by living safe and civilized. But every once in a while, it goes off and you obey it without question. Something's wrong. I started before she spoke. When I looked into her eyes, something's wrong. The kids, the man, her laugh. Something is wrong. Eventually, we did hike up the hill. You could see for a mile, there was nothing. No buildings, no clearings, just forest. We cut our trip short, packed up, and left.
1: Got your happy price, price. line
0: Our next story is from Schmidtface. In the hills, no one can hear you cry. This is actually my stepmums and her best friends story. I have my own but I'm so hesitant to drag some of them up, I'm hoping telling someone else's will open me up a little more. My stepmum didn't like us much. But she told my sister, three years older, and I this experience growing up to scare us out of being stupid. It was my family’s stranger danger story. My stepmom, we’ll call her Macy, grew up as a kind of privileged teen in the 1970s, and her mum had moved their family over here to the States from England when she was about nine. She went to a pretty nice high school in a really nice town. There, she made friends with a girl, Lily, who didn't exactly run with Macy's type of crowd. You know, popular, stereotypical, etc. They really hit it off. And Lily would take Macy out to do her type of stuff. Hiking, fishing, sailing. There's even a hilarious set of pictures of them camping. My stepmom has raccoon eyes and looks like she hates everything. Anyways, because of Lily's influence, the two of them would do stuff like that a good amount. One Sunday, they decided to go hike in some hills about an hour away. Macy put on what I am sure were her extremely expensive hiking shoes, and the two of them drove off to the hiking trails. Lily parked in this big clearing with makeshift parking spots, you know, like a piece of wood marking the head of a space. But there were no other cars there. This was only important in hindsight. They started hiking up the hill. Off the path because Lily fancied herself as something of a badass. The hike was nothing extraordinary. If you asked my stepmom, she would just lament for fifteen minutes how sticky and buggy it was. Anyway, they reached the top of the hill, and my stepmom was done. The polished, pampered side of her was coming out, and she groaned until Lily begrudgingly said, "Okay, they would rest and then walk down again, slower." They had been heading down the hill for maybe 10 minutes when Macy started bitching again. Lily conceded to walking down the side of the road instead of the rough hiking trail. So there they are, probably looking like a couple of tools geared up for hiking and walking down a crappy road, and after not even five minutes, a truck pulled up next to them. It was red and rusty and just generally looked like a clunker. The guy driving rolled down the window and the girls looked in through the passenger side window. He had a big beard, a baseball cap pulled down, and long brown hair. He greeted them and even smiled through his beard, asking if they needed a ride. Macy described him as charming and even cute. Lily still says the moment he greeted them, her hackles went up. Despite her better judgment, my stepmom convinced her to get into the truck. It must only be a ten-minute drive down to the car tops. The two girls opened the passenger's door to this rusty old thing and the guy directed them behind the seat to get into the back. They settled in, and the truck started rumbling forwards. Lily always says that was the point it hit her, what a mistake they'd just made. The back seat was clean enough, but there was rope on the floor behind the driver's seat and four boxes of saran wrap half hanging out from under the passenger's seat. It seemed creepy and weird, but Lily didn't want to freak my stepmom out, so she just kept her mouth shut. After 10 minutes, the woods didn't look any clearer, and they hadn't seen another car the whole time. Lily asked how long he thought it would be. He said he was taking a different route down the hill and had to stop somewhere to get something first. That was it. The girls were 16, 17, and Lily didn't want to press the issue. She was scared. She can remember his hair because she was sitting behind him. He looked like a woodsy guy, but his hair was super tangled and dirty. She noticed crusted mud on his collar and tried to find something identifiable about him, but just got scared the more she picked up on little details. He was youngish, strong-looking, had a foot on both of them, so they didn't ask any more questions, and he didn't offer any information, and they drove on. Several minutes after that, they reached a tiny shack-like log cabin-looking place, right there in the clearing of the trees. There was an old stump where someone had been chopping wood and a huge axe stuck into the lock. Lily was definitely on red alert now. The guy turned off the truck and slipped out of it saying, I'll be right back, don't get out, and he disappeared into the house. Lily tried to talk to my stepmom about how she was incredibly uncomfortable, but she mostly just dismissed it. Lily started begging, increasingly freaked out, and finally put her foot down, demanding Macy exited the truck with her. So they got out and walked around the front of the vehicle. The house was about 50 yards in front of them. Why this guy would have left two young girls in the truck alone while going into the house is beyond me. They wandered around, looking at it hesitantly. If this guy really was decent and just trying to give him a ride, it would be super rude to just run off, right? My stepmom had this strict upbringing when it came to manners and a public persona and she saw it as an issue of that nature, so she actually started to head back to the truck, opening the front door to climb in behind the driver's seat. Lily was pissed off and followed her to yell some more. On the driver's side floor, half hidden under the seat, there was a big hatchet. It had dried red-brown stains covering the blade and stuck to the floor under it. Lily, understandably, lost her shit and seeing it, my stepmum started getting hysterical. They decided that leaving was by far their best option at this point and just booked it off the side of the property into the trees. They bumbled around in the trees for a little while until Lily was fairly confident they were on their way back down the hill. My stepmum cried all the way down. Lily felt bad about it but was also completely freaked out that he would hear it and so kept trying to calm her down. When they finally got back down to the bottom and saw the old wooden fence that surrounded the original parking area, they were relieved, but as they got closer, they saw it. The truck. It was parked on the other side of the gravelly makeshift lot, just sitting there, facing the other way innocently. They couldn't see if anyone was in it, and of course Macy wanted to run for the car, but Lily was super hesitant. She managed to calm my stepmom down, saying she wanted to wait before running out into the open to see what was out there remember this is the 70s no cell phones there was no ranger station or anyone around the parking lot was big and empty and open and who knows what would have happened if they decided to stroll across it thankfully lily convinced my stepmom to chill and the two of them hunkered down against a big tree hidden by bushes and other trees and waited it out for what seemed to be a couple of hours when the dark started to fall all the animals started coming out and making noises, and my stepmom predictably started getting antsy about this and bothering Lily, who was tired and moments away from giving in. She was just planning their dash to the car when they heard a clunk. Across the twilight-lit lot, they watched as one of the back doors of their car swung open, and the bearded guy slid his way out of the back seat. He got out, shut the door, looked around at the surrounding woods for several moments and then walked back to his truck. The truck lumbered past their car and out of sight. Several minutes after watching him drive away, they sprinted to their car as fast as they could, jumped in and peeled out before they'd even shut the doors. If this guy's still alive, he's really old. But still, let's not meet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of this episode. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for listening. and I can't wait to see you in the next one. Peace out. Take care. university is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the u.s through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty temple students are prepared to soar in their careers schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit
1: true terrors of horror bizarre happenings unexplainable events on our podcast disturbed terror takes center stage